Hello. As some of you may know, my cousin Andrew Roberts is a Flutie Fellow, which is a part of the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. This has inspired me to get involved with the Flutie Foundation, which helps people and families affected by autism live life to the fullest. If you love cereal like me, consider buying Flutie Flake cereal. The link is in the description below. The Flutie 5K is on October 16th at Lookout Farm. The link to register is in the description of this episode. Finally, if you would like to contribute to this cause directly, the link to donate to the Flutie Foundation is the first link in the description below. Help Andrew and myself support this cause. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski. Joining me once again from Ithaca College, just about an hour south of me, Andrew Roberts. Andrew, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. There aren't very many better to have on. So now the fantasy season is up and running. It's been interesting, I think is the best way to put it. I think my team is finally going to get a win this week. I'm up by 30. Looking at three and one here. I'm looking at one and three, but hey, we're improving. We're getting better. Next week is a new week. We just got to keep keep winning. You're never out of it. And I lost week one, so this would be three in a row. So. You're never. I think we're both on the uptrend. You're never out of it, all right? Yeah. You're never out of it. That being yeah, said. No three star can yeah. be overcome, for sure. That's some trades. Yeah, I made, I, made, I made a lot of trades. Isn't that right, Andrew? I made quite a few. Oh, yeah. Your team looks completely different. Right? My team is completely different, and I think, I think the result this week was pretty good when uh, – well, yeah. when I, I, I won and I I put up one sixty six yeah. and then I still have George Kittle to play tonight, so I should be. I on the other hand decided to turn down some trades. So hey, but turning down trades can be just as valuable. With that being yeah. said, we have a bunch of players we want to talk about today. This episode is centered around players who have been pleasant surprises thus far this season. So the guys who have been, you know, I mean. Under the radar going into the draft, guys who have been very good. Not necessarily guys who are going to be available in leagues, but maybe guys who you can look at to trade with. I mean, just stuff like that. Um, the quarterbacks and tight ends are going to be more available because these are – like, you know how the positions are. It's right, but but here's the thing. On, on the converse of that, I just don't think that there is as many. Right, There are very few yeah. quarterbacks who I can look at and say, well, that guy's been very good. Um, but let's start off – the quarterback who I think is probably the best value right now in fantasy football, maybe the best fantasy football quarterback thus far this season in terms of maybe consistency. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this name, but it's Jared Goff, and that's not, and that's crazy. But he's been he's been pretty good. I mean, he's put up no less than 15 points, and he put up 41 this past week against Seattle. 41. 41 points. Yeah. Jared Goff. Unreal. I mean, if you think about it, you saw what Goff was able to do with Cooper Cup and the Rams offense. Obviously not as much as Stafford, but he was still producing at at least a decent level. And now you have a moment of St. Brown, who's honestly, I'd say this year's version of Cooper Cup. And like you have Swift and Hawkinson. It's just one of the most 
well-rounded, talented offenses in football, and that's allowing Goff to have the season he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's going to continue at least once Swift and St. Brown are fully healthy again. I could see them having a rough week in Lakeland next week, but after the bye, they'll come in fully healthy, ready to go, and Goff will be in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I say to myself, What's not to like about Jared Goff? They're in a pretty high-volume offense or in terms of what they do. I think when you look at week one, um, and I had this criticism going in week one after week one, that he really didn't start passing the ball until later on in the game. Um, but once I did, Jared Goff opened it up. Since then, he's had two of his last three weeks have been over 30 points. Um, and again, this past week was 41 points. You know, listen, I don't think that he's – I think the biggest benefit for Jared Goff is the fact that his defense is so god-awful because it always really puts him in a position where he needs in the fourth quarter to play catch-up or, or to like, to score more points. And usually in the fourth quarter, if especially if the Lions are down, right, they don't really move away from the run game, but at the same time, they also pass the ball a lot. And even this past weekend where you had DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown out, he put up 41 points. Right. Yeah, and Swift. So I feel like almost he's not going to put up 41 every week. Like, that's unrealistic. But I do think he's a solid 20 to 30-point quarterback most weeks. So I've really liked what I've seen out of Jared Goff fantasy-wise. He's been excellent. Um, I just I don't think you can have any complaints so far with what he's done on the field. He's been absolutely, by far and away, like one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in 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 the league. Yeah. Next yeah, up. Say if he's oh yeah, go ahead. Right go ahead. Now, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I'd say if he's available right now, you gotta pick him up. Yeah, right stick away. stick him on your bench. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? All right, next quarterback up, we have Carson Wentz. Now, I'm I'm not as favorable on Carson Wentz as maybe you are, Andrew, but I do think that he. I don't think I am. But I do think he has a lot of upside to him. I know he had a great week one and a great week two. The past two weeks, though, he's been very, very poor. Now, that being said, I do feel like there still is a lot of room for him to grow on this offense. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like he's not going to put up maybe eight, nine points, but I feel like he's definitely, you know, if if you're looking for a guy, if you need a player on your team, who literally needs to put up 30-plus points, and you're like, listen, I need my quarterback to be that guy, you might want to throw a flyer at Carson Wentz because at the end of the day, he's probably not going to win. He's not going to he, He's not going to get you like that average performance, but he's either going to win the week for you or he's going to lose the week for you. That's how I would sure. treat him. Um, yeah, so if you guy who – right, if you're, if you're a team where you're like literally like my best players are out, I need a flyer, like then that's when you could probably pick Carson yeah. Wentz up. And what I'll say about Wentz, like, okay, like the guys I had put on my list to talk about this week, I, I think it's about guys who have performed well so far. They were doing well in, like, the fantasy, like, scoring rankings based on what's happened so far, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sustain that performance. And Goff, I think, will just because of the nature of the Lions offense. This is one where I start to maybe raise the red flag and say, like, if you have him, he'd be a good guy to – if, like, 
if people are interested, if you can get anything for him, sell him high. Right. I mean, obviously, if you can sell him high, I think you will. Um, don't sell low. There's really no – there's no need, right? If, if someone offers you nothing for him, then don't accept, right? There's no incentive. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say sell high after such a rough past couple of weeks, but let's say he has a big game week five. Then you sell him. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Then, then you sell him. I think that's pretty – I think that's pretty clear. That's All right. kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next up, we have a slew of running backs. All right, first up, first up, excuse me, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, and he's been awesome so far this season. I mean, he's been he's been very good, and especially after last night. Um I really don't know what you you your criticism of him can be. I mean, yeah, fantasy-wise this season, he's actually been one of the most consistent running backs, over 15 points in basically every game, put up 22 against Tampa Bay. He looks awesome. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I was having a discussion last night with another fantasy-obsessed friend, and <laughs> he was saying that Edward Tillet is that guy that every week you put out as a sell-high candidate, but he never is. He keeps surprising. He keeps producing. And it kind of leads to, like, a wider thing. I don't think being a workhorse running back is necessarily the be-all, end-all of being a fantasy producer. Right. Knows how to find the end zone, and he is in a three-way committee with McKinnon and Pacheco, but Mm -hmm. just the fact that he's found the end zone week after week after week, and the Chiefs are always leading, and he's always in a situation where where the Chiefs can just run the ball, run out the clock, that's perfect for Clyde to continue to produce. Yeah, um... That and also, I feel like the Chiefs' run game is beefed up quite a bit this season. So, ultimately, I feel yeah, like the he's line is helping him. yeah. I feel like he's done better, and I feel like the reliance on Patrick Mahomes has kind of gone away. So, I think that there are a couple things that go into that for me. Um, yeah. I, overall, more balance. Overall, I like him. Though. I think it's a solid pickup for anybody. Next up on the list, we have Jamal Williams. Um, by the way, on every player on this list who is currently on my team or was on my team, I'll mention. Jamal Williams is currently on my team. Um, listen. That's right. You had him in the lineup. Jamal week. Williams, and I've been saying this forever, is a fantastic running back. And listen, DeAndre Swift this season, by the way, I was reading a report, this shoulder injury isn't going to be something that's going to go away. He is consistently banged up, and, and he's a high-usage player too. So Jamal Williams is going to get a lot of touches, I think, more so this season than in past seasons. Um, I think – from what I've heard, he's going to be the starter against New England. Um, they're going to sit Swift at least through the bye. So I'm going to get another week out of Jamal Williams. And then, you know, who knows after that. But I honestly like what Jamal Williams brings to the table. He's a great running back. He also gets a lot of goal line touches, which I think, which I think is really underrated on the Lions. He already has five touchdowns so far oh, this yeah. season. Um, he's awesome. What are your thoughts? I'll just talk about when Swift is back here. Even when Swift is back, Williams is still going to have a role. Swift is your high-efficiency guy. He gets a few touches. He goes off on some huge 50-yard runs. He catches some passes. And that's like elite fantasy value in itself right there. Right. But the fact that he can do that in so few touches leaves so much open for Jamal Williams. Yeah, and by the way, Jamal Williams in in week one still put up 16 points. Now, he did have... Two touchdowns. Now, I, I mean that that is correct. Wait, has Jamal Williams had two touch? Okay, 
know what I was reading. Yeah, I think they're being a little bit careful with Swift. Sorry, Jamal Williams like, has not had five touchdowns. He has six touchdowns, but yeah. Yeah, like Swift is a guy who gets banged up easily, so they want they kind of want to like use they want to utilize him for his efficiency without overworking him. And Williams is kind of taking the bulk of the carries while Swift like takes on that kind of yeah i would like to see him get more receptions yeah i would like to see him get more receptions but other than that he's he's been awesome yeah for now like rb1 until swift is back and then even then you could play him as a flex he's definitely a flex all right next up josh jacobs uh andrew why don't you take this one okay so early in the year i was a little bit skeptical on him because you know the Raiders like it didn't seem like they were going to trust him under Josh McDaniels they had so many other running backs involved but it's looked like as the offseason and then into the regular season has progressed no one has really challenged him for receptions no one has really challenged him for carries and he's slowly become like close to the workhorse here in Vegas and yeah I, I mean he's always been a talented running back it's just a matter of whether the Raiders were going to trust him, and it seems like they do now. I feel like this past. I feel like this. Yeah, I feel like this past game was just huge for him personally. Um, twenty-eight touches on the twenty carries, five percent. Like this, huge. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, this season, problem. I his usage rate has been so low, like carries wise. He averages in three of the four games season, he's averaged over five yards per carry. That's unreal, right? He had one down week against Arizona where he's at 3.6, which isn't horrible. But the other, he's been over five. So I look at this and I say to myself, if you can get your hands on him, you know, try to. I mean, I legitimately. Yeah. And Andrew, I know you have him. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I found myself drafting him on multiple leagues just because, like, it's not that, like, I wasn't, like, a huge. I wasn't thinking he was going to have this kind of breakout year, but. People were just hating on him, trashing on him all offseason. And he would fall to like the fifth round. And that's like, you can't pass on that. No. So if you can, like, if you can, like, if there are people who are still overrating him and you can buy him low right now, I, I like, yeah. It's tough because you own him. All right. Miles Sanders is the <laughs> last last running back right now. Anybody else. Um. He Miles Sanders has been pretty good, and honestly, I think that going forward he'll be even better. Um, I think that the run game, you know, for the Eagles is something that's been talked about a lot. He put up five in Week Three, but who put up thirty in Week Four? I think he's honestly he's a very good running back. I think he's a complimentary piece. That's all I'm going to say, though. Yeah, I'm always careful with running backs that are in an offense with such a mobile quarterback, but the Eagles are just such a good football team that they're able to run the ball enough for Hurts and Sanders to get their share. And I think it's a similar situation to Clyde Edwards. I think that it's not going to be sustainable, but really it is because the Eagles are just one of the best teams in football. And Mm -hmm. it's allowed him to have this kind of role. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great thing. I like, uh, I I like, I like uh, Miles Sanders a lot. All right. Wide receivers. All right. The first one, Jalen Waddle. Now, this does ultimately depend on who the quarterback is for yeah. the Dolphins. However, um, I think he's pretty good. And I, Tua has proved that he can sustain 
uh, like the volume for two wide receiver ones, which is kind of yes. crazy. Now, I was huge on Waddle. Like, I'm sorry, I was like off Waddle in the offseason, and then I like completely flipped on him after seeing two his week two victory where Waddle was utilized so heavily in addition to Hill. But now Tua goes down with that gruesome injury in week four. You have Bridgewater, and I think we're back to the same situation where this offense can't really sustain two elite wide receivers, at least until two is back. And then if two is back, is he going to be the same? So we don't really know. So right now there's just like too many Yeah, right now right now it's back. tough. Like I don't, I, you yeah, really can't sell him high. A time. I mean, it might be a time to sell high. If people still think Waddle is going to be heavily involved in this offense, you could probably get a steal on it. Yeah. But if you can't get that good a deal, it really depends on the deal you could get. Because, like, if people are trashing on him, I'd say hold on until two is back. So, yeah, it really depends on the situation. But I think it's going to be a few weeks off from the production we've been seeing. Then maybe he gets back to that late in the season. But I think Hill is the more consistent receiver, interestingly enough, <laughs> because that wasn't the case in Kansas City. But now here it is. All right. Next up, we have the one, the only, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I'm going to just talk about him for just a second. I, honestly, he's been incredible. He's a great receiver in terms of just reception. So PPR-wise, he's awesome. Um, he obviously wasn't playing this past week. But generally speaking, he's going to get you eight catches, probably 70 to 80 yards, maybe a touchdown, um, maybe some rushing yards. He had an amazing week, too. Honestly, he's just a, such a solid wide receiver. Um, he gets a good target share. I, I like a lot of what I see from him. Yeah, I'm going to go bolder. I think he's an elite wide receiver for years to come. I think he's the best Lions receiver since Calvin Johnson. This is like, I don't like, we thought Kenny Galladay might be that guy for the Lions. He didn't really seem to care that much about football in the end. But now St. Brown is motivated and he's doing absolutely great this year. I expect that to continue, not just this year, but well into the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he's awesome. I, I mean, love even him. Even once Jamison Williams comes back, I still think there's going to be a huge role for St. I honestly think that opens up more for Hamonra St. Brown yeah. personally. But that being said, let's move on. All right, the next wide receiver off the board, Christian Kirk. Um, he's been awesome so far this season. I didn't know what to expect from him, but they've used him kind of a lot and in the right ways. He's been very good. Yeah, I think we knew he was going to be the number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence. And that we were thinking, oh, it's enough for a flex play. But when, like now, like you're seeing like how much Trevor Lawrence has improved. That is allowing Kirk to be a borderline wide receiver one. And I think that production is definitely sustainable. He's been, I mean, last week was kind of a down week but he's been keeping he's been getting the targets he's been keeping relatively consistent production and as long as Lawrence keeps playing at the level he's been playing Christian Kirk is going to be a very solid fantasy option for wide receiver he has been awesome all right Curtis Samuel I think Curtis Samuel's value now is even gone up even more now that Jahan Dotson is out for at least a couple weeks Curtis Samuel I mean you look at him and you think, I mean, so far this season, he's been relatively consistent. He didn't have a great week against Dallas, but I think that's really just because the Washington Commanders didn't have a great week. Um, but they have some easier games coming up. I feel like this 
he'll be able to be good um, going forward. Yeah, I am, was a big Curtis Samuel guy last year. I think we talked about this in a previous episode. And then he was hurt most of the year. So now he's doing everything that I thought he was going to do last year. He's like that consistent slot mm-hmm. receiver. I don't know that Dotson is going to benefit him as much as it benefits Terry McLaurin because he's going to get more of the outside targets without right. Dotson. But I think Curtis Samuel is going to keep doing what he's been doing. He has a rushing upside, consistent targets, consistent receptions, and like a solid flex any of the week. Yeah, absolutely he is. I, I like Curtis Samuel. I think he does a lot right. All right. Next up, Garrett Wilson, um, a guy who I used to have on my team before I traded him away, but definitely a solid trade. I think Connor was the one who ended up having him. Um, I'm going to get into why I think that was a good trade in a sec. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it Uh, away. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to talk about your trade in particular, but I think Garrett Wilson, he was the favorite for Joe Flacco. That was clear. Now Zach Wilson's back. And Wilson still had a big role, but you know Zach Wilson likes Elijah Moore. You know Zach Wilson likes Corey Davis. I don't think it's really clear who Zach Wilson's favorite target is going to be. And everyone's acting like Wilson is a clear-cut number one here. We have Elijah Moore a year older, still very young, still a lot of upside. And then Corey Davis is always going to be a reliable option here. I think every one of them is a good bench stash right now but if people are valuing wilson as a starter in fantasy lineups now's the time to sell because i i don't know if he's gonna be that every week starter i think he's his production is gonna see some inconsistency yeah i mean it really depends if he it really depends if he can break out like you know what i'm saying like i think romeo dubs this past week definitely you can kind of see where his Like, play is going to go? I mean, put up again. There's two questions. The first question is whether he's going to continue his breakout. The second question is whether Elijah Moore is also going to break out. Because right. they both break out, and he's not the clear number one. But if Wilson pulls ahead of Moore and Davis, clearly, then maybe he is. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Devin Duvernay for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, again. Another guy who's been very good, um, obviously Lamar didn't have a great passing week this past week, but I think generally speaking, Duvernay is a very good play. Yeah, I think with Bateman out, he's going to see some more opportunities. And what I think this is going to be a great chance for, I say keep him on your team while he gets those opportunities. And then when Bateman comes back, unless you're in a league like one of mine, you get points for return touchdowns, and that's been great for Duvernay. Like, I, I had him in my lineup when he had that huge touchdown return. So that, that that was great. But in any other league, once Bateman's back, that would be a great time to sell high on Duvernay because I feel like there's just a lot of mouths to feed you. You have Mark Andrews, you have Bateman. Isaiah Likely is starting his young career here. So Duvernay... Yeah, right and especially now, when you're not in a high-volume passing offense, it's... it's yeah. <laughs> Right now, he has a good role on this offense. But with Dobbins coming back, and now Bateman, he's going to be out for a bit, but he's still the number one receiver here. Is there room for Duvernay to get it done every week? I guess guess we will see. All right, next up we have Jahan Dawson himself. Now, he did pick up a little injury, but 
you know, definitely I'll say this about Dotson. He's shown that he really kind of can keep up that touchdown consistency. Yeah, he's found the end zone. Similar to Clyde edwards he's found the end zone a lot. Now, when he doesn't find the end zone, though, it, it's going to be a dud week. and that's It just... is ugly, yes. And that's why I'm selling high on a guy like Dotson. I mean, especially if he wasn't injured, I'd be selling high on him. Right. Because you have Terry McLaurin, who's a talented receiver. You have Curtis Samuel, who's going to get the targets every week. Dotson isn't always getting the targets. He's sometimes getting those red zone targets, which does help him. Right, but... but, but... The commanders need to make it into the red zone for him to exactly. do that. Exactly. The commanders are probably a bottom five team in the league. If they're not going to be, if they're going to have a week, like let's say they play like teams like the Eagles again, if they, when they have those kinds of weeks where they barely even find the end zone, it's going to be concerning for Dodgers. Right. I mean, I don't know. Tusha. You see more Samuel and McLaurin. Touchdowns to me are inconsistent. So. You can't really rely yeah, on those as is. I don't love guys who have produced a lot because of their touchdowns. Guys who have produced a lot and just happen to score a lot of touchdowns, that's where I'm buying. Yeah. yeah. I and think that's where guys like Amonra are coming. Now, Noah Brown's an interesting one. He's our next player. Um, Because on one hand, you like him because of what he's done with Cooper Rush, but on the other hand, it doesn't seem like Cooper Rush is going to be having a having a job anymore, you know, too much longer. So it's kind of difficult to say, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a little bit tough. He is injured right now, so that could open the door for Mike Gallup to get more. But I mean, up until this point, he has been the number two receiver for the Cowboys. And honestly, if anything, when Dak is back, it's going to boost the offense. So if Dak and Noah Brown can come back at the same time and Noah Brown can earn that number two role back, then he's in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, I think he already is. I mean, he's not the number two with Gallup back. He's definitely the number three. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain that production now that... I I just don't think he will. I think his, his value will be... His value will be – I mean, his value will be good if – let me me rephrase. I think his value will be good if CD or or Gallup gets injured, but not like – I'm not going out of my way to add him or trade for him, but if you have him, keep him on the bench for now, see what happens. Yeah. Um, Okay, final player – Players, excuse me, on the list. We have – and I, I'm actually going to group them oh, together. Yeah, I'm going to group them together, Gerald Everett and Tyler Conklin. Um, we'll, start, we'll start first with Gerald Everett. Um, I actually – Trish traded away <laughs> Gerald Everett, believe it or not. Um, well, I like that also. Oh, I sold high on him. I mean, listen, I, I traded away yeah. Gerald Everett. Um, and, and the reason why I traded him away is, A, because I have George Kittle and it – you know, I mean – I needed other players on my team. I didn't really, I didn't really need a, a another tight end. I mean, Keenan Allen's coming back. We don't know what's going to happen to everyone else. Right. That's the other thing. And, and so, you know, hopefully with Keenan Allen coming back, Mike Williams will you know be that second guy and be awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he put up 19 points this week without a touchdown, which is incredibly good. So, like to me, Mike Williams is still going to be a star. But I think Gerald Everett probably. You don't know. Probably much less so. I think his touchdown percentage may go down. Well, actually, I don't know. I mean, his touchdown percentage will go up, but I think his receptions will go down. I don't know about that. 
if you look at like his production, so even so far, touchdowns have sustained a lot of without the touchdowns, he's maybe a low end tight end one. He's not at playing at an elite level without those touchdowns. Right, so, right. No, I I, 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 I concur he's with that. Dependent. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing about Judd Everett. Um if I mean he's a good backup, but again, I didn't need I don't need a backup tight end. Like that's not what I needed right now. So um you know, I, I don't know. I, I ultimately I think it's not a bad play to get rid of him. And the and with Tyler Conklin, um, where does he even play now? I'm sorry, I've forgotten. The Jets. The Jets. Oh, that's right. Um, I don't know how you feel about him. I don't know, man. I feel like it's a bad play to take Tyler Conklin again. It feels like one of the situations where there's just too many people on that team. I mean, you got yeah. three receivers. I mean, and Tyler Conklin's never been that great of a, of a player. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, here's what I think about that. With a receiver, like we were talking about Duvernay with the same situation. He's a receiver. There's not really a spot for him in lives, but there's so few good tight ends. So if you don't have a good tight end and aren't able to trade for one, I feel like Conklin is going to do just as well as Wilson or Moore or Davis. And it, right. it, it, them as wide receivers might not necessarily be consistent for fantasy, but in the tight end spot, I think it's a little different. You could probably put up the same production as one of those receivers because the Jets do seem to like Conklin, and that would be enough for the tight yeah, end Yeah, I mean, spot. listen, hey, if Mo Ali Cox puts up those same numbers every week, I mean, he'll be the best tight end in the NFL. Yeah. But, I mean, they have... By the way, one last guy I do want to shout out, though, just, just briefly, last tight end, Will Disley. All right, let me, let me give you the stats on Will Disley. And before you say, "Oh, Michael, you're crazy," we have one minute left. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get right through it. Well, he is number nine right let now. me, let me, let me just, let me just, let me All get through. Let me get, let, let me say, he is rostered in 1.6 percent of leagues. He's the ninth best tight end. In the weeks where he has a touchdown, which is three out of his four weeks, he's put up over 10 points. Now, I'm not saying that's consistent, but here's what I am saying. That is a high passing offense. They're gonna put up points against bad teams. So Thanks. against crappy teams, maybe consider a Will Disley start. But found the end zone this week. I feel like if there's any tight end there, eventually fans gonna like talent's gonna take over. Well, maybe, but Disley's always stuck around there, even if he's not that good. So I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, this is a number two tight end, and then he ends up scoring touchdowns, and for some reason, like getting fantasy about. All right, everyone, thank you all for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. The Flutie 5K is the weekend after this one. So sign up. Um, I have 10 seconds left. So thank you to everyone. Please check out the links in the bio. Andrew, thank you for joining me. And listeners, thank you so much. Have a great day.